everybody, this is Pastor Chad, and it is Sunday, September 20, Sunday, September 25th, 2022. The title of the message for today is Delightful Meditation, and it's based on Psalm 1. So let's pray, and we will get into the message. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this opportunity to gather uh, brothers and sisters weekly at a distance. Uh, and Lord, I just ask that you would bless this message today, that everyone that hears it would be blessed by it, that you do a mighty work through it, and that we truly would understand the delight that there is to be had and the joy that there is to be had when we meditate on your word. Uh, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Delightful meditation based on Psalm 1. Uh, the reason I'm going into this is I really think that uh, we are going through some times right now when it's important that we strive to nourish our souls, uh, to take time to feed ourselves spiritually, to feed on the word of God and to nourish our souls. And the Psalms are just perfect for that. So that's why I wanted to go into Psalm 1 and next week I'll probably go into Psalm 2. Uh, so I've heard professing Christians, professing Christians and pastors make the claim that the Psalms are just poems, not meant for theological study and deep consideration. I've heard Christians say their pastor is taking a break from preaching through a book of the Bible, so he is just preaching through a few Psalms for a while, as if the Psalms are of secondary importance to the other books of the Bible. And I believe this is a grave error. I believe that if all we had were the Psalms, if we for some reason could not get the other books of the Bible, but had the Psalms, the message of the gospel would shine through them as brightly as it does throughout all of God's word. One of the amazing things about the scriptures is that the gospel comes through in so many ways. And in the Psalms, the gospel shines through often in the most poetic and beautiful ways. Never discount the blessed gift of the Psalms. If for some reason my morning time with the Bible is cut short or has to be sacrificed because of an early engagement, I'll still take a few minutes and read a Psalm before moving into my day. The Reformation Study Bible says of Psalm 1, Psalm 1 provides the purpose of the book of Psalms as a manual for living the blessed life. While Psalm, Psalm 2 provides the overall message of the book in terms of God's reign through his messianic king. Psalm 1 shows us a picture of Christ, the perfect, blessed man, and it calls us to be increasingly like Christ. So let's read Psalm 1 to get started. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So let's look at this verse by verse. 
if we go back to verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. To be blessed is, is to enjoy God's special favor and grace. Or we could say happiness. Blessed, blessed is, a, is a bit of a stronger, uh, more full word than happiness. But just looking at the concept of happiness, everyone seeks it. But true happiness is only found in one place, in one person, in one God throughout all time and space. Keep this fact in mind as you go about your day. Notice all that the world pursues in futile attempts to find happiness. Notice the ridiculous promises made through advertising. Use this product and you will be happy. Want a happy child? Buy them a happy meal. Buy this, buy that. Use this, use that. Look like her, look like him. Take this, take that. Drive this, drive that. And you will be happy. By contrast, true, genuine, eternal, and divine happiness is simple and quiet, conveyed to the spirits of the righteous in Christ by the gentle whisperings and subtle guidance of the Holy Spirit. Notice the downward progression of this verse. Walks, stands, sits. The wicked are brought to a standstill, dead in sins and trespasses. To walk in the counsel of the wicked is to listen to any advice or teaching that is contrary to the word of God, to look for wisdom where, there, where it is not, and to seek happiness where there is none. If you walk in the counsel of the wicked, you will eventually stand in the way of sinners rather than walking in the way of Christ. The weight of sin and iniquity will reach a point of stopping you in your tracks. The wayward soul, led astray by the toxic counsel of the wicked, standing long in the way of sinners, eventually is turned so far from the Lord and his gospel that they do not simply ignore it, they actually scoff at it and hatefully ridicule it. This is the condition of much of the world today. As the arguments for atheism continue to fail in the light of truth, there is not so much of a denial of God as increasing defiance of God of his law, and of his ways of the natural order in creation. The world has gone from turning its back on God to shaking a hateful fist at him. The opposite of this seems to be Isaiah 40, 31, which says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Even when pressed and burdened, believers are renewed with new strength. We may be slowed, but never stopped. We shall walk and not faint. Even when, uh, and then now let's look at verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Delight. By God's grace, the law that condemned us and exposed our sin and iniquity, the law that was so far beyond us, that stretched like an infinite chasm between us and God, the law that was for us certain condemnation and death has now become our delight and a source of divine joy. Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Law, not only the written law given to Moses, but all of the word and ways of God, all that is of God and pleasing to him. 
the law of God we see in the natural world and the law we see through his word in scripture. The righteous love and study the word of God. The wicked and the worldly hate it. The law of the Lord becomes so precious and such a delight for us that we desire to meditate on it day and night. There is no sense of duty here, no requirement to be met, no merit to be earned or level of standing to achieve. Instead, we delight in and meditate on the law of the Lord because of love and gratitude. This is the opposite of works righteousness. And isn't it strange that such a, a blessed condition of grace is one of the most rejected truths of the Christian faith? False belief systems claiming to be Christian always reject the free gift of salvation and a life of joyful and abounding service and instead slog through the swamp of dutiful works attempting to merit the impossible aim of self-righteousness. The Reformation Study Bible says Hebrew meditation was not a silent activity, but a low intonation of the scriptures. Meditation also was not a disengaging of mental activity, but involved intellectual engagement with the text of scripture. Hence the association of meditation with the heart and the mind. Psalm 1914 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. True meditation is not an empty mind, but a mind fully engaged, free of clutter and distraction, caught up in divine communion with God. Let's look at verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Such beautiful imagery, such a beautiful way to see ourselves as we abide in Christ. Contrast this with Romans 3, 10 through 18, which says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. It's explaining the terrible condition of the lost sinner in this world. But the righteous in Christ are planted by streams of water. John 7, 38 says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And John 4, 13 through 14 says, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We drink from the Lord's word and instruction. But even beyond that, as we abide in Christ, we are filled as we pour out grace unto others. There is no end to the generous grace of God pouring into his children as we pour ourselves out into others to his glory. The Lord transplants us from a dry, waterless desert to the plush, fertile bank of a stream that flows with the living water of life in Jesus Christ. 
Because of God's planting us in such a vibrant place, nourishing us from the river of life, we yield fruit as God has planned for us in the time and season of his will. As those outside wither in the lifeless soil of the desert of this world, we do not wither. The river of life sustains, energizes, and fills us with life. All that a healthy believer does prospers in a proper, eternal sense, not in the shallow, cheap, and crass ways the world considers prosperity. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Psalm 1, 4 says, The wicked are not so, but are like chaff, that the wind drives away. The wicked, considered from the perfect and holy perspective of God, all those outside of the body of Christ, the chaff of the world exposed, unprotected, guilty and condemned, rebellious and enslaved to sin. Let's look at verse 5. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. How will you defend yourself on that final day of judgment? How will you answer for the guilt of your sins, for breaking the law of God? How will you request admittance into the perfect holy kingdom of the Lord, into his kingdom of light when you are full of darkness, guilty of sin, stained by transgression? How will you stand in the judgment? Does the idea of future judgment anger you? Do you feel God is unjustified in judging mankind against the perfect requirements of his law? Do you feel you are a good person who has done little harm during your time on this planet? Do you feel you have not offended God, so why should he judge you? Consider that even the smallest transgression of his perfect and holy law is a glaring stain of sinful darkness that cannot approach his glorious light. We must strive to see our eternal condition, not from man's viewpoint and according to man's standard, but from God's viewpoint and God's standard, which we can only learn of and begin to get a glimpse of from his word. In his word, he clearly lays out for us our hopeless condition as descendants of Adam. Romans 1, 28 through 32 says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Have you considered that every breath, every vibration of the energy of life, every sparkle of light your eyes have seen, every sound your ears have heard, every step your feet have taken, every second of the blessing of of existence in life has been by the power and the sustaining grace of God? Acts 17, 26 through 28 says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. 
Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven, and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So how can the wicked stand in the judgment? How can a sinner gain admittance to stand in the congregation of the righteous? Romans 3, 21 through 26 tells us, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Verse six continues, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. To say we believe in Christ is not salvation. To recite a sinner's prayer and invite Jesus into our hearts is not salvation. To say we accept Christ is not salvation. All these may or may not be a part of what it is to be saved in Christ, but true salvation is through placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his perfect righteousness. We can only stand in the judgment and be admitted to the congregation of the righteous by standing in the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Only Our only defense and hope on the day of judgment are to proclaim our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We are blessed with saving faith by God's mercy and grace, by no work or merit of our own. He knew us before we knew him. He drew us to him by his word. He blessed us with belief, with faith, with repentance, and with hope. It is, of all, it, it is all of, by, and through him. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. It is the way he established for us in eternity past. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And Proverbs 16, 9 says, The heart of man's the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. There is great comfort in the truth that the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Our lives are not arbitrary. We do not need to wander aimlessly. Our steps are established on a path of blessing within God's eternal, mysterious plan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that uh, those that hear this message 
uh, would consider carrying the psalm with them through the coming week, meditating on it, considering the profound message that it gives us, uh, that, that we would all use the psalm to realize how important it is that we meditate on your law, on your word, on your ways, on your precepts, on the message of the gospel. And I pray, Lord, that you would use your word to fill us, to strengthen us, and to guide us as we go through the coming week. May your name be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you for being here this week. If you get a chance, please check out, uh, let me change the slide here, elephantwalk.net, or you can check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash elephantwalk incorporated. Uh, Any purchases that you might make there help to support the ministry and the work that we're doing in Kenya. We continue to send teaching materials there. Uh, We try to support people there as much as we can. And hopefully, Lord willing, I'll go back again next year for my next trip. If you do make a purchase, just type in the way, all lowercase, no spaces between the words on checkout, and you will receive 10% off. Our website for the ministry is thewayr122.org. You can subscribe to the podcast at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Just search for The Way Radio in the search field. You can find us on Rumble at The Way R122. That's all the all the sermons since June of 2021. The earlier sermons are on YouTube. You can find us there at The Way Ministry Church. Uh, please, if you could, consider donating and helping the ministry. And you can do that by going to thewayr122.org. All right, guys, we will be back here next week, God willing, same time, same place. We will see you then. God bless. God bless.